Okay, Yom Kippur is around the corner, and I just want to give you a few meditations to think about on this incredibly holy and powerful day. My name is Yitzwine. I am the rabbi of Young Israel, Aish of Las Vegas, and I want to welcome you to the Life is Great community. Okay, so when we're going into Yom Kippur, we all know we grow up thinking it's the holiest day of the year. And sure enough, it actually says in the Talmud that it is of the happiest days of the year. And the reason for that is because this is a day that if we go into it with the right perspective, so then God can forgive us for any mistakes we've made. So it's really, really huge. So first of all, I want to share with you a few things that you should do, or in this case, actually should not do to get yourself in the mood for Yom Kippur and do this on the day of Yom Kippur. And then a, a quick couple of ideas that you can think about. So of course, the most famous prohibition on Yom Kippur is not to eat or drink anything for the entire 25 hours of the day. Now, when we say fast on Yom Kippur, this is not a quest fast, you know, where you can drink water or you have to drink water. No, that's not what we're talking about. No eating or drinking anything. And as a matter of fact, in Judaism, it, the only excuse for eating or drinking anything would be if your life is in danger. Now, if your life is in danger, if you were to fast, then you are obligated to not fast. But if your life is not in danger by fasting, then you are certainly not allowed to eat or drink anything. And I think it's important to recognize the gravity of that. When I was growing up in Edmonton, you know, everyone fasted. I mean, there, there, you know, speaking with a friend of mine from South Africa, from Johannesburg, everybody fasted. Somehow in our world, you know, people say, oh, I'm taking some antibiotics because I had a cough a week ago. I better drink water. No, 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 no. If you're sick, then you should, you know, if you're like not feeling so well, you know, you shouldn't be in trouble. Stay at home and fast. If you say, well, if I fast, then I, my life is in danger, then you're obligated to, to, to eat or drink. And yeah, every one of those cases is an individual question that you have to ask your local Orthodox rabbi how you eat, to what measure you eat, and that kind of stuff. So I'm not even going to say it on this on this podcast. That's that's the first point. First thing is fasting. That is straight from the Torah. Then you have four other prohibitions that are included, but they are rabbinic. But for all intents and purposes, we view them as they are straight from God. That that's how we approach them. And that would be don't wash on Yom Kippur, so no showering, you know, if you soil your hands, you know, with something, okay, so you wash them just to your fingertips, whatever, just so you could continue to pray, so to speak. No anointing, so you're not putting on makeup, you're not putting on moisturizers, any, any that kind of thing. You're not wearing leather shoes and you're not having marital relations. So those are your all your prohibitions. And of course, the most important one is don't fast, it is, is too fast. Don't eat or drink anything the entire time of Yom Kippur. All right. Um, so that's, that's the first point. It's, uh, now what are you supposed to think of? So I want to share with you two ideas. First one is that we need to remember that God treats us the way we treat other people. This is a huge idea in Judaism. You know, it is a little different than karma, right? What goes around comes around because 
as, as believing Jews, we know that God loves us more than we could love our own children. And, and God wants what's good for us even more than we want what's good for our own children. And God knows what's good for us. So if you know all of that, then your life will be way less stressful. But the essence over here is that we want to be very generous to others now. That's why people give a lot more charity. They give a lot more, you know, at this time, because we want, we want God to be charitable with us. So we'll be generous and charitable with others. People are more forgiving with others because we want God to forgive us. People are, are making commitments to be kinder and more honest with others because we want God to treat us in that way as well. So this is a, this is a, a way to go into the day saying, how do, what kind of blessings do I want for the coming year? The Almighty is, the time of judgment is coming to a close, and therefore I should be kinder to others, more charitable with others, more forgiving, more forbearing with others, because I want the Almighty to treat me in that way as well. Okay, the spiritual positive commandment of the day is to do tshuva. Now, again, as we've spoken before, tshuva um, is bad, poorly translated as repentance. But what it means is it means to return. It means getting back on track, doing what you should be doing properly. Um, and th that's what it is. You know, if a person uh, made a mistake, if they sinned against God, you have to go to God and only God to ask for forgiveness. If you sinned against the other people, you have to go to the other pe person and, and ask for forgiveness from them. Uh, you know, asking forgiveness from God for a sin you did against another person, that doesn't help, right? God only forgives the sins that are against other people. So tshuva is a way of, is the process of us rectifying our mistakes and getting on, on the right track. Now, the word for, for sin in Hebrew, again, it's, it's not the right word, is chayt. The word in Hebrew is chayt. But hate does not really mean sin. Sin, if you sin, it's like you're schmutzy, you're bad, you're damned to hell. You know, you're a bad person, right? If you sin. In Hebrew, the word is hate. It translated as sin, but it hate really means you missed the mark. You made a mistake. And you know, we make mistakes. You, know, you understand, like people make, we make mistakes. Um, you know, there's the mistake of maybe you spoke poorly about, against someone. You spoke, there's the mistake of you misjudged someone. There's the bigger mistake that you, you didn't think about what you're living for. That's a big mistake. Not, not knowing what you're living for in life, not knowing what your life is about. That's a big mistake because it affects so many things. Not living with a trust in God. That's a big mistake. If you, you know, not, not, not putting my faith in the almighty, not, 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 not having trust in ourselves, not, not, not living with simcha and joy, not, not being happy. That's a big mistake. These are big mistakes. And we have to do tshuva for this. We have to repent for, for these mistakes. Now, again, they're only mistakes. They're not sins. You know, a sin against, oh, I wasn't happy. So I'm damned. No, we don't look at that. You made a mistake. You made a mistake. You get up, you take a shower. I mean, not on Yom Kippur, don't take a shower. Take a, a spiritual shower, right? <laughs> you brush yourself off and then you go and you, and you move forward in your life. That, that's, that's what you do. So, so don't let the, the past weigh you down. Just kind of shake it off. Say, I made mistakes. I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person. I know what's right. 
I didn't think about what my life was about. I didn't think about how much God loved me. I didn't think about my purpose. I didn't put my, my efforts into the right things. Okay, you know what? Shake it off. Don't let the past bog you down. On Yom Kippur, God loves us so much. He says, you know what? If you're willing not to let the past bog you down, I'm willing to forgive you and start with a clean slate. And that is the key of Yom Kippur. You get that? That's why it's such a joyful day. Because you can get up and you can move forward. Forget about what's, what you've done. You know, regret it. Turn to God, say, I'm sorry. and Move forward in a proper way. Right? And, and it's, in essence, those are, those, are the, those are the three elements of what Shuvah is. You're, it's, it's, we break into four things, but it's, it's regretting it, stopping doing what you're doing, you know, commit to, you know, it's turn to God, have a verbal confession, uh, you're moving forward, and then committing to going in the right path. Now, if you, if you made a mistake, if you did a hate against somebody else, you have to make restitution as well. You have to somehow make them whole, right? But if you just made a mistake against God, so then you just got to like get your life back straight, move forward. And Yom Kippur is a happy day because God's saying, yeah, I, I want to move forward with you. So the Rambam, Maimonides, he, he wrote a thousand years ago, he was describing this, this process of tshuva and uh, repentance. And he spoke about the concept of tshuva shlema that there's something called a, you know, a complete tshuva. Um, and his example would be, let's say a, a man, you know, got with a, a woman of ill repute, right? She was, same as she was married to another man at the time. And they went, they hooked up in a hotel and they did the, they did the dastardly deed. Okay. And um, so tshuva shlema would be if he, he saw the woman again and he desired the woman the same amount as before. And they found themselves in the same hotel and then in the same room and they were alone again. And they could do the same dastardly deed as they did before. And they desired it and they wanted to do it. But he said to himself, no, only because I love God, only because I know it's right. And I know that doing this, this deed is wrong. I'm not going to do it. He turns around, he walks out. That is considered tshuva shlema. Okay. That's complete tshuva. The important part is by the fact that the Rambam talks about complete tshuva means there's incomplete tshuva as well. Incomplete tshuva is, I'm just not going to do it. Incomplete tshuva is maybe a person wasn't sick. Maybe they were sick. They weren't feeling well. Or maybe they, maybe all of a sudden, they, you know, she gained some weight. You know, it wasn't as attracted as before, right? Or maybe, you know, maybe it's now they, they weren't in such a, secluded place. So he didn't do it. Incomplete tshuva could be, you just stopped doing the deed, but maybe you didn't regret the deed. Maybe you wanted to do it, but you didn't do it. Incomplete tshuva would be, if you, you harm someone else, you didn't make restitution. Or incomplete tshuva might be, you didn't say you're sorry to the other person. You just changed it up. Let's say there's a person you get angry with, you lose your, your, your temper with. Okay. So Complete tshuva would be, you go to the person, you say you're sorry, you commit never to doing it again, you made restitution, and you didn't get angry with the person ever again. Okay, but let's say you don't want to say you're sorry. Let's say it's too painful for you to fess up and confess your sin to them, right? Maybe they don't even know the, the, the extent of the things you did wrong to them. You spoke badly about them, you did whatever. 
and you just say, from now on, I'm going to behave properly. That's incomplete tshuva, and that is a marvelous thing. It's beautiful. Because in the same way that one mitzvah leads to another mitzvah, an incomplete tshuva, incomplete repentance, but repentance nonetheless, leads to a more complete repentance. This year, you couldn't say you're sorry to the person. You couldn't say make restitution. But you could just adjust your your actions. You know what? Maybe next year you'll be able you'll be able to say you're sorry. Maybe the following year you'll be able to make restitution to them, and that helps with another person. It helps if I'm the victim. It helps if I'm the perpetrator. If I'm the perpetrator, I should applaud myself for incomplete tshuva. Feel good about it. It's a good thing because next year you'll be even better. And if I'm the victim, don't hold other people. To a, to a standard that is perfect. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Whatever a person, if a person is good, let them be good and enjoy that and show your appreciation for the fact they are trying. In other words, treat others the way you want God to treat you. Do that. And then you'll, you'll live a very blessed, blessed life. Okay, so here we go. I, you know, it's so great. There's, there's so many more ideas to talk about Yom Kippur. But I'll let you um, I'll let you fast on Yom Kippur for 25 hours and think about this stuff, right? Or you know, you'll come to Young Israelation of Las Vegas, and then we'll talk more about these things. But for now, I just wanted to get you going. Um, I also want to introduce you to our very favorite Dana Rutherford. She is our producer. Hello, Dana. Hi, hi, Rabbi Wine. Okay, you have some questions that were sent in from from our people, so please uh, share with us the questions. I do. I have one really in-depth one um, that I think will be really, really interesting. Hi, everyone. Okay, so <clears throat> the, the question says, my friend always tells me about something that happened to her that has been hard to let go of. I feel like years have passed and she hasn't let go of the pain, regret, and I really think that she hasn't forgiven herself. How can I encourage her that this Yom Kippur is different and she should make tshuva and really move on? How does someone do that when they've been carrying something for so long? Beautiful. It's such such an important question. You know, there's two kinds of forgiveness. There's the forgiveness that that we want from another person, right? Because they harmed us. And then there's the forgiveness we need from ourselves because we've harmed ourselves. Regardless of how it is, forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for ourselves. Rabbi Tversky says a marvelous story. And again, he was spent a lifetime um, uh, counseling, you know, people with drug addiction, alcoholics, uh, that kind of stuff. And he said that one time a man who was in his late 50s came up to him and said, yes, my business partner of the past 30 years has just embezzled all the money from our company. And I, it robbed me blind, it basically wiped out my, what was going to be my my inheritance. And now, you know, where I should be going to the sunset of my career, uh, I got to literally start from scratch. And he said, Rabbi, I want you to know, I forgive that man 100%. So Rabbi Tversky was very impressed and said, how in the world could you forgive that man? And he said, because I've been sober for about 18 years now. And I know that if I don't forgive him, then I'm going to go back to the bottle. You get it? What happens is when we don't forgive others, we we are the ones who pay the price. So we, even if a person has harmed us and is not regretful and is not changing, you know, listen, you know, 
you should forgive them. Don't have anything to do with them. Protect yourself. And I wouldn't tell them that I forgave them either, right? Let them let them think that you have not forgiven them, and let them let them eventually come and ask for forgiveness. But when you go to sleep at night, you got to let it go. You just got to say, you know what? I'm not going to harbor ill will against this person. I realize that God runs the world, and that rather than blame them, I should say. God, you love me more than I could love my own children. I know somehow I had to go through this, this, this problem. I know somehow it's good for me, even if I don't see it. And I want to thank you, Hashem. Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving me this problem. And that's how you begin to, that's how you begin to, to get over it. That you, 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 you turn it into gratefulness. And when a person is grateful for the difficulty, so then that's what happens. Then they begin to forgive. And the reason they should forgive is not for the other person. The reason you forgive is for yourself. Because when we harbor enmity in our hearts, when we harbor hurt, that's, you know, that's the, the old thing. I'm giving a, a, a lousy tenant free rent in my mind. That's what I'm doing. You know, they're not paying rent and I'm giving them free rent and they're not even harming themselves. I'm harming myself. So what you got to become motivated to let it go. The way you get motivated to let it go is realize you're only hurting yourself. You're not hurting them by holding on to it. And the way you let it go is by turning it into gratitude, knowing that it's not that they have harmed, but God sent that harm to you. And it's unfortunate you might have loved the person they harmed you, but okay, somehow you needed that. So that's the essence of it. All right. Uh, thank you for reading the question. I want to thank all of you for listening too. Life is great. And uh, I want to wish you all a very meaningful, purposeful, and joyful Yom Kippur. Thanks for listening to the Life is Great podcast. Share this with your friends and they will love you for it. If you have questions or comments, please email me at rabbiyitzwine at gmail.com. That's R-A-B-B-I-Y-I-T-Z-W-Y-N-E at gmail. For more content, check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Thank you to Dana Rutherford for producing today's episode. And remember, if you decide to make it a great day, then your life will be great. Thank you for listening and being part of the Life is Great community. To keep these podcasts and other awesome programs available for free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation at yiaishlv.org backslash contribute.